0: Hi, I'm Rob, and this is another episode of Rewind and Review. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jason. There is no Jason, only Zool. <laughs> but we are not alone. There was something strange in our neighbourhood. So who did we call? We are once again privileged to be joined by the one and only Luke. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, welcome to Rewind and Review, the retrospective podcast where we have a look at an existing property from the past, delve into its legacy Discuss how it's held up over time and even give our own personal experiences. Did we watch it as a kid
1: or sometime later in our lives? This episode of Rewind and Review will look at a movie that became a cultural phenomenon, launching a multi billion dollar multimedia franchise, celebrating its 31st anniversary this year in 2020. It was all set to have a
2: sequel released, however, it was delayed due to the COVID 19 pandemic. So strap on your proton packs, embrace the slime, and remember: <laughs> don't cross the streams. As we rewind to the year 1984. Swinging sixties, here I come, baby! Yeah, go back to then.
1: When? Now, now, now. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. There's definitely a very slim chance we'll survive.
2: Not only was 1984, the year that I was born, it was the year of incredible movies. Several films were released that would later be considered iconic of the era, including Beverly Hills Cop, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Gremlins, The NeverEnding Story, The Karate Kid, Police Academy, The Terminator, Footloose, and even Splash. 1984 (laughs) was the year that we got Ghostbusters.
1: Luke, are you serious about a movie about catching ghosts? Yeah, I might be serious.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Directed by Ivan Reitman um, and written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis, uh, Ghostbusters is a supernatural comedy film about a trio of eccentric parapsychologists who start a ghost-catching business in New York City. Released in June of uh, 1984, Ghostbusters brought together Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moranis and also features Annie Potts, William Atherton and Ernie Hudson in supporting roles. Be warned, if you haven't seen Ghostbusters or any potential Ghostbusters material uh, yet, but you want to do that, uh, go watch it all first before listening to this episode because we will be talking spoilers.
1: After the members of a team of scientists, Peter Venkman, played by Bill Murray, Ray Stantz, played by Dan Aykroyd, and Egon Spengler, played by Harold Ramis, lose their cushy positions at a university in New York City, they decide to set up shop in an old
2: firehouse and become Ghostbusters to wage a high-tech battle with the supernatural for money. Their possessed former client Dana Barrett, played by Sigourney Weaver, and her love-smitten neighbour Louis Tully, played by Rick Moranis, are up to something. Faced against the ancient shape-shifting demon Gozer the Destructor, the Ghostbusters stumble upon a gateway to another dimension, a doorway that will release evil upon the city.
0: Yes, uh, joined by the newest recruit, Winston Zedmore, uh, which is played by Ernie Hudson. The Ghostbusters must now save New
1: York from complete destruction. All right. So obviously there's a reason we've brought Luke onto this one and um, let's let him tell us why <laughs>
2: he's here.
0: <laughs>
2: I love it. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> love Ghostbusters to the point where, and I only realised this recently, it is my favourite movie of all time. There's other movies that I really enjoy based on other things that I like, whether it's an adaption from a comic book um, or any other uh, media. But Ghostbusters as a movie, the animated series, just the franchise in general, I have always been a hardcore fan. I don't remember not knowing what Ghostbusters was and just watching it and loving it. As a kid, the scares scare you. You don't get all the jokes because although this movie is PG, not really. I mean, tonally, this is, I mean, (laughs) we've got a ghost giving Ray a blowjob at one point. It's not always, (laughs) but Ghostbusters, I absolutely love it. There's four of them. Hearing Winston referred to as a supporting character, just hurt me a little bit. I know. It, I was, it. it
1: was hard for me I to to put that in the prep, but that's how it's described online. It you is. The reference right.
2: material. It's, yeah. You know, I yeah, watched it for God knows how many times now, again, the other night, and looking at the cover of my Blu-ray, and Ernie Hudson, his name isn't even on there. Mm. I know in that original poster, after the no-go sign teaser poster they put out, you just had the original or the first three, should I say, I've
1: seen some posters. I think um, even Harold Ramis' name is is brought down, and it's just, it's got uh, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Sigourney Weaver as the big three names. It's, uh, yeah.
2: yeah. Rick Moranis, his, his name gets on there. So he's, but again, just, I get it. Marketing, you know, back then, they're going to look at who they can sell this movie mm-hmm. on using their names. But yeah, Winston, is an actual Ghostbuster. No, he is. But you don't yes, see him on is. the poster. But do you know what? In I, this movie, I, yeah.
1: He is supporting though, isn't he? And it's not until the second one and then obviously going forward that he's he is, of course, mm. part of the fourth. But, you know,
2: we You I've read... Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, but just one more thing. I read um, I <laughs> the other day someone referencing the fact that in Ghostbusters 2, uh, Winston doesn't have a moustache. And he doesn't. And I never noticed. Oh, until well. Until somebody oh. pointed out on my... Yeah, there you go. Anyway, That's didn't realize
1: he had a mustache in this movie.
2: That's something to keep out to keep is. an eye out
0: for. Jason, what about you? What's your what's your your experience with this movie?
1: So I I I like Ghostbusters. I enjoy the Ghostbusters. <laughs> um I would enjoy more Ghostbusters. Um, but you know, as I realised I don't have a Ghostbusters shirt. So how strong can my love for this movie be? Um look, it's still <laughs> pretty high. Like I'm quite fond of it. Um and obviously we'll get into deeper thoughts yeah Yeah, to me as well like it's always i mean the ghostbusters have always existed to me i've never known a time before them but but yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's i guess i I grew up with them but i guess not being i I think i missed that craze of and i I think you needed to be born in the 80s or or beforehand to experience i guess the the intense the intense craze that that sort of came it. so i think i missed that boat but nevertheless you know, it still exists, it's still there, and um yeah, I've enjoyed yeah. it since. But just not mm. as crazy as this other guy that we've brought on.
0: Well, I'm gonna upset both of you because I actually have only seen this movie twice now. So I saw it I've seen it once, um, and that was when I was a bit younger, but I think maybe around about twelve or thirteen, I think I saw this for the first time. And then I actually hadn't seen it again until we uh we queued it up for for the episode and I was like, okay. So I'm just right.
1: gonna I'm just gonna kick Rob off the, the meeting now and <laughs> <laughs> no, off. no, no, no. A, A,
0: let, A, me, let me go, go. Yeah. Yes, yes, Luke. Yes,
2: Luke. I I do listen to the show and I've got to the point where I'm no longer surprised when I hear that you've either only seen something once or more so you've never uh, seen it before. Hey, at least uh, he's not being surprised. At least he's seen it once. That's, just <laughs> sure. that I, just
0: choo- I just choose i just choose to focus on certain movies that's all and just keep them on repeat but um i have to admit though i've actually seen uh the sequel a lot um and i've actually seen a bit of the cartoon and we're going to talk about that in the legacy in a little bit as well so i have actually got more of a connection i think that to the some of the later stuff than this one and i, I have to admit i was pleasantly surprised by the just the, the pure wit and the um how, you know, just the, the the dialogue and how many one-liners there were, and it's and that's what we'll talk a little bit about as well. But it was refreshing to watch it; very refreshing.
2: So hopefully, he likes it. I guess
0: <laughs> uh, we're
2: gonna find out. We'll find out. I mean, I think I probably like it enough for all three of us to be honest. But I'm that's just, it. You, you've, mm, got no, that's okay. you've got us covered. You've so got us covered. That's why we're here. Everything's yeah. subjective, right?
1: So <laughs> three opinions Incredible. better than than Absolutely. one or two. So a bit bit about the
0: movie, the budget it's uh it was made for between twenty-five to thirty million dollars. Um, and it actually had a box office of two hundred and ninety-five point seven,
1: almost two hundred and ninety-six million dollars. You have to bear in mind so, uh, there is an asterisk next to that though. Um, it did have a re release the following year and I think it, it that also includes box office numbers from like multiple screenings and stuff after not that it made that read, much more but you know I, I, I read the
0: i think it was well it's not i don't think it's you could consider it now but at some point in the at the turn of the century i think it was like the 35th most highest grossing or something like that um but as in further on but as here that you know it's the second highest grossing film of that particular year behind beverly hills cop uh, and it finished as the number one film of the weekend ahead of Gremlins. Um, it's released on the same weekend. I can't believe that! What a weekend
1: of movies! Incredible, isn't it? Have, it?
2: That, that, yeah, is, just, that when I found that out, that
1: blew my mind. Like there was a period of time oh. where you could, hey, I want to go to the movies. Which yeah. one? I could go see Gremlins or Ghostbusters. I, I imagine doing a double feature. You know, you just you just could knock you off could have that, done like, it on that one day. And the, like the movie would have only cost like two dollars or something. I don't know. <laughs> Is that, does that check out? Is that <laughs> it used to be? <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I said, when it was re-released in 85, um, the theatrical gross did actually increase and it actually made Ghostbusters yeah. surpass Beverly uh, Hills Cop. Yeah. Cop. Um, Cop. And that's, what was, that's what
2: I was curious about. Yeah. Yeah. And okay.
1: there it sat as the most successful comedy of the 1980s. And I think it was the highest grossing comedy until Home Alone came out.
2: Yeah. Uh, which, oh, uh, wow. which that
1: then held the record, I think, until The Hangover, I believe. Yeah. yeah, and
0: and listeners, we had we had done an episode of that, and I do encourage oh, and both of those. To, uh, look, look back and have listened. Oh yes, right indeed. <laughs> have
2: you guys done uh, no. Gremlins? You haven't, have you?
0: No,
1: no, not yet. Oh, there you go. Yep, yeah,
0: there's another one for to you. That's <laughs> <it to> the <laughs> list.
2: Add it
1: to the list. Well, we oh, had no, to choose we on like on Ghostbusters on or Gremlins, so <laughs> you made the right choice. <laughs> um, critically, though, uh, Ghostbusters did open to generally positive reviews. Um, our mate Roger Ebert. 3.5 you out of 4 of Roger. from him, yeah. So he basically said nice. it was a rare example of successfully combining a special effects blockbuster with sly dialogue. That all mm. checks out. Heaps of lists and like top this and that that it appeared on. In 2004, The Hollywood Reporter named it the 77th best film of all time. Of all time, people. Um, also in 2014, <laughs> Rolling Stone readers voted uh, Ghostbusters the ninth greatest film of the 1980s. Um, Empire's reader-voted list of the 100 greatest movies placed the film at number 86 and currently sitting at 97% on Rotten Tomatoes based on 72 reviews and Metacritic 71 out of 100.
0: Apparently people like it. The Critics like it. Um, Like if
2: it
1: was Luke's list, obviously it'd be number one. We know that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. One hundred and ten percent on Rotten Tomato or something. That's what, That's what he'd be giving. I mean,
2: I was thinking like, awesome. am I going to say it's my number one comedy? Am I going to say you know all these things? No, just period. Does period have I'm surprised I, look, that I, it's I respect really- it. I respect it. I'm surprised that you only
1: realised recently that it was your number one. Like, if, if you were to quiz me well, about you, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, his favourite movie
2: is Ghostbusters. Yeah, and if I put any real thought into it, it's not like it's not because I was going to be doing this and I was just thinking about it. And I've got to be honest, like, I, I do love this film. It's why it's number one. But I debated whether or not to rewatch it the other night. I'm glad that I did, but I really didn't need to. Because I know it inside and out. I mean, I might Andy- fall short on the quiz later on. But just as I'm watching the movie, like beat for beat, I still enjoy it. But I know oh. it more than any other movie. Like I'm not sure if you mm. watched our Back to the Future trilogy episode, episode fifty.
1: I'm sure you have because you're a loyal listener yourself. Um, but you are you do you, with the quiz. You are following a ten out of ten. <laughs> oh really? Course. I mean, I shouldn't oh. be
2: surprised by that because obviously, obviously I you have didn't. listened. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's on my list. I actually want to go back and revisit the trilogy, and then I'll check out the show. That's fine. good excuse. Nice save. Yes.
0: And, and, I, and I recommend you do that. Just out of curiosity, before we keep on going with the legacy, Luke, how many times do you reckon you've seen this movie? Just out of oh, curiosity. hundreds. Yeah. Hundreds? Hundreds.
2: Like, hundreds. And it, it's a movie that I've owned on VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, like whatever the next thing's going to be, you know, I'll, I'll always have a copy of this movie. When I was a kid, this is how much I love mm. this movie, I, yeah. I borrowed a VHS copy off a of mate and it was pretty banged up to the point where as I'm watching it, <laughs> it constantly flickered. Oh, and occasionally, the picture went upside down. Wow. And I just sat there and I'd watch it. Like I just... I, just, I, don't, I, just, I don't, don't really know how the works anymore, but... Uh, yeah, like
1: yeah, I, I just <laughs> put it
2: in... Yeah, but I just... Yeah, it was a dodgy tape, and not even that could stop me from watching it. So I just... Yeah. Over and over, it's a movie I've always watched. But you mentioned, you know, the time that you came to it, which is important for, like, anything. And I reckon the movie Hitting, which, you know, I was born in January 84. You said this came out in June. So it mm. would have been... The real Ghostbusters as a kid, yeah. I'd imagine. I know I had all the yeah. toys, and then getting the movie, so you had to hit hit it just right. I think, yeah, which yeah. be you know as big as it is for me. I think to put yeah. it in
1: perspective, uh, like Ghostbusters to Luke is Jurassic Park to. I'm gonna say me yeah. because Rob revealed that it's not his favorite movie, so we're not friends anymore. What's well, sure, yours,
2: Rob? Then okay, so is, <laughs> is that your number one film? Jurassic Park. Of course, Park? I, I would. I mean. Just like you and me, I you would have, have guessed, guessed, but you didn't know. We've been recording for a long time now, Jason. We've never actually officially said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rob. What's no, yours? Not that we, oh, no, 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 I, don't want to, I don't want to get bogged down on
0: this, but it, um, <laughs> I see mine, mine changes all the time, but I do have a, a pretty solid top five. And so, Dress Pipe will sit up there for a little bit, but then I'll get re- reminded when I have reviewing of a few other things. But we'll, we'll, we'll leave that to another time. Let's go. Coward. Let's keep. <laughs> ben Sitter. Oh, so, something that you're definitely going to cut out of this is I. I don't want to commit to anything on the. Wrong. <laughs> oh, good one. No, all right, Let's get back into this. Um, the awards. So it's nominated for a few awards. Um, Academy Awards. It was nominated for the best original song, um, Ghostbusters, by Ray Parker Jr. Um, and also nominated for best visual effects. Uh, Golden Globe nominated for best motion picture. Um, in musical or comedy category, nominated for Best Actor, and nominated for Best Original Song. Um, and then there was some BA- BAFTA uh, nominations, Saturn Award nominations. Um, BAFTA it actually won uh, Best Original Song, um, and Saturn Awards it won Best Fantasy Film. So, you know, we got we got some pretty pretty high critic praise, and obviously the, uh, the bigwigs liked it as well, I guess. I think everybody knows it's a household name. We're, we're all aware of it. But it did spawn a pretty substantial franchise, in both film and TV, um, and then beyond that as well. The film led to uh, franchise licensed action figures, novelizations, and other original Ghostbusters themed products. I think we've all seen bits and pieces. Um, And after its initial success, they released original material in in other fields such as comic books, video games, television, uh, and several theme park
1: attractions as well. With the films, obviously we had this one released in 84, as, as we discussed, uh, directed by Ivan Reitman, uh, written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. Same team came back. Ghostbusters 2 in 89. So Reitman again directing um, and Aykroyd and Ramis doing the, uh, the screenplay and all that. Yeah. Flash forward and we must talk about Ghostbusters. Answer the call. If that is its official
2: name, I still don't know. It is now. After it the it, they they... Retconned the name so it's now ghostbusters answer the call so this was 2016 it came out
1: yes this was a i guess like a reboot type attempt quasi kind of sequel because it was kind of set in the same universe but not really it was no it's completely different yeah different universe that's not what the marketing told us was it but anyway directed
2: by the (laughs) marketing marketing mate. i <laughs> initially yeah but that was more for the fans than within the actual the world but no it was a complete reset and the reason being like cause initially they were looking at doing a continuation but paul feig he wanted to establish a world that we're going to be exposed to ghost for the first time and that's why he didn't go for a continuation so it's not connected but you're right that first teaser trailer it did allude to the fact that <laughs> Was it like three scientists or four scientists? Even that wasn't quite right because Winston's not a scientist. But it right. did sound as though it was going to be connected. But we know it's not.
0: I mean, it can't be. It can't be. It Had the original cast has cameos, you know, like they're all yeah. there. Like Dan
2: Aykroyd was a cab driver, wasn't he? You know, like oh, even even Harold Ramis appeared as a like a gold statue, which is you know, yeah like at the beginning. Yes, yeah, so it's it's completely separate. But again, when that movie came out, it was Ghostbusters. That's what it was called. Mm. And then when it wasn't doing too well at the box office and then when it hits uh, DVD, Blu-ray, it's Ghostbusters Answer the Call as the mm-hmm. official title.
0: That movie's. we've moved on from that movie anyway, I believe. Um, I'm not, I can't remember what you you guys reviewed it. I, don't, I can't remember we if did, you enjoyed and- it
2: or not, but... Um, merits, there's merits to it but I think being a big fan like I am you know, I found things to enjoy in it I still yeah. stand by the Times Square fight scene because it's something that you don't really get in Ghostbusters, a movie as you mm. know I've said many times I love you don't really, it's not an action film like there's bits of action in it, these guys they're saving the world but with mm. the Paul Fig one, if I'm going to credit it for anything, when you get to Times Square in the third act it, they are playing up the action and I did enjoy that Yeah, with different contraptions on how to capture the ghost, so they they had fun with it. But I'm ready to move on.
1: My positive take
2: was (laughs) it was it was a really it was
1: a good production, like effects wise and and all that. Like it was was a good looking film, and yeah, like you know the ladies in it were were funny, but it was just yeah, no, they were really good. Yeah, I guess the characters were just a bit dull, but the you know the Mm -hmm. it was all it was fun. The first movie though,
2: (laughs) just want to add that the first movie, like what they did, (laughs) but they got. You know, SNL guys. Yeah, it was the same oh, premise. Big blockbuster. And yeah, and for yep. fig, it went to SNL saying who you got and any cast mm. movie that he found funny. Uh, mm. Kate McKinnon is absolutely phenomenal in that movie, and all of them. She's a, she's a standout to me. Job. She's a standout, absolutely.
0: She's incredible. But, uh, oh, yeah, what, what,
2: we, can, we can very different, very different. Let's to,
0: well
1: look. We're getting. They're doing, a, I, guess a, a more, I guess, a more true Ghostbusters 3. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which was scheduled to come out this year, pushed back, as we mentioned. to so next year, uh, this one will be directed by Jason Reitman. So the son of Ivan Reitman. <laughs> correct. That is correct. Um, you know
2: this, Rob, from all the times you've seen Ghostbusters 2, Jason Reitman is actually in that movie at the beginning. He's at the birthday I am, pie. I am aware of that. Yep,
0: I am yeah. aware of it. I knew that. I knew that. Mind you, I also knew that from my research for this episode. But um, yeah, no. And I'm very glad that Jason's going to be taking the um, the reins of it. I think it's yeah. All oh, right, yeah. Not this Jason.
1: Yeah, yeah not this Jason. Not this Jason. <laughs> oh my god, I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. no. I do not know
0: what you were talking I about. Think it, I think it's a good move, and you know, getting getting original cast and setting in the same universe, and also the the, the young talent that they've got to play the lead roles
2: with. and Paul Rudd, I mean, there's so many positives with this upcoming movie, so I'm yeah, i mean, Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I'm gonna try and be op- optimistic. Um, yeah. I do also enjoy that second movie, like you, Rob, but I just, I mm. don't know, I mean, that the trailer they put out for Afterlife looks really interesting, it does. Mm. But I don't know, like, it's gotta wait and see. Well, Hopefully this will be movie. everyone's back. Mm. We've all wanted a continuation of Ghostbusters since Ghostbusters 2. And we're finally getting it. Well, you, and you're Luke, right. Yeah. If anyone is going to direct the son of the original director,
1: well, you played the. Um, Look, you played the video game, didn't you? There wasn't yeah. that kind of like a, a a Ghostbusters three
2: type, and they're all in it. Yeah, yeah. And everybody's in it. Like, for you know, Hal Ramis, he's in it. They're all back voicing the roles. Um, and what do you know of?
1: like the potential animated film that they want to do and the i guess there's ghostbusters high which is also that prequel that they're talking about or is yeah. dan Aykroyd just talking out his ass
2: no i mean okay so <laughs> before answer the call right, ghost core was established like a subdivision of sony and it was going to focus on all these different ghostbusters properties and there were many like a, like you said animated movie uh, animated tv series and when Answer the Call didn't do what they were hoping, everything just got put on hold. And I think with Afterlife coming out, they're not going to be talking or trying to do anything else until the movie's happening mm. or until the movie's out. So I'd, I'd be down for seeing you know, Ghostbusters animated on the small screen, but I doubt we're going to see anything anytime soon. All right. Well, you mentioned a bit of television there as
1: well. Um, we had the real Ghostbusters, which was the animated series from 86 to 91, which continued the adventures of the Ghostbusters. Um, the real part of the title was added due to a dispute with Filmation and its Ghostbusters property. Mm-hmm. Um, we can either talk about that now or a little bit later when it comes up again.
2: Oh, well, we can talk about it now. Like The other one, the Filmation one, they had it. gorilla Gorilla. on the team (laughs) yeah it was an animated version (laughs) a live-action version and it was very much like its own thing because i mean the title of ghostbusters like when they put out the first poster like they were having uh, disputes whether or not they could use the name ghostbusters originally it was going to be ghost smashers and then they played around with different uh, ghost breakers and Yes, yeah, so, but I think Ghost Smashes was the main one. But then they were mm. looking at putting the movie out and it's like, we need to advertise it. So the No Ghosts yeah. logo, which is so famous and a, and a great mm. design, that's oh. all they could put up on the marquee. Mm. Or, you know, on the... In the cinemas, just that. Well, what, a then, what a teaser. What I think it, I think it probably, I probably but oh, yeah. it helped <laughs> later. They got the yeah. all clear. Oh, we can now call it Ghostbusters. Mm. And then, so I think, yeah.
0: so I think they they purchased the rights off Universal, didn't they, for 500 million dollars? I think, wasn't it? And one wow. percent of the, the um, I think 1% it was, was 500,000. Five, yeah, what I say, no, 500 million, no, 500,000. Yeah, that's
2: 000, yeah one. so
0: yeah, and then, yeah, I mean, the, the real
2: Ghostbusters, like. you know, so even then, they had to call it something different on TV because it was different from. The other Ghostbusters TV series, but then the likeness of the characters. Even though Dan Aykroyd lives and breathes Ghostbusters, the animated series couldn't use the likenesses of any of the actors. That's why they look so different. It's all just different. Um, We
1: then had in '97 we had Extreme Ghostbusters, which was another animated series. Uh, This one featured a new team of younger Ghostbusters: Kylie Griffin, Eduardo Rivera, Garrett Miller, and Roland Jackson. Wasn't this? We really enjoyed that crazy
2: kind of hmm. you know had crazy hair and stuff didn't they or- it was the 90s so everything <laughs> everything was more extreme i mean it's in the title of the show but i like the fact it's a continuation egon is older he's got a ponytail and he's leading this um, this young team and i think the breakout character is Kylie griffin like she's still in the comics today Like they're still publishing monthly ghostbusters comics idw and she's a prominent character wow. huh? Um, Ghostbusters Ecto Force, which is
1: supposedly meant to be a new animated series, right? Believe it um, when I see it. <laughs> so we've got no date, we've got <laughs> nothing else. All we know is that it's supposed to be set in the year 2050, so maybe they'll release it then. Who knows? Follows a new team again of Ghostbusters who capture ghosts from around the world, so they'll be globeshotting. But yeah, like Luke said,
2: <laughs> believe it when we see it. and Globetrotting I mean that's what Ghostbusters initially was going to be they had to limit it to New York because the movie was too big not only would like multiple teams of Ghostbusters be travelling the world they'd also be tracking ghosts through time and space that was the original concept by Dan Aykroyd and then Ivan Ryman was going to direct and he's like we can't we cannot do this like this (laughs) this movie is way too expensive and they brought Harold Ramis on board just to rein him in a little bit and then yeah, that's the right. movie that we've
0: that we've got which I'm thankful for to be honest because I did I was reading a little bit about that original pitch and I'm like I mean yeah ambitious but also that's not yeah it didn't tickle it, I mean of course we don't see a fully realized version of that so we don't really know what it would have been like but the 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 more grounded version that we've got yeah, I yeah. think it's, 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 it's it's so, been, serves a purpose oh, I would have been bonkers it would have been it
2: would been too crazy stuff i mean yeah You what you know what you you know what New York looks like. So when you're watching Ghostbusters, oh look, they're in New York. So like it's more relatable. And then when it's yeah, it it works better when there's like these supernatural things going on when it's just a street in New York. But if all I I can picture is like a Star Wars
1: with like instead of lightsabers, they've got proton packs. (laughs) Star Wars meets Doctor Who.
2: I mean, maybe that's what it was going to be.
0: Well, I'm glad it didn't work out that way. As, as we're talking about this, it's very clear that this film and its franchise does have quite a lot of, like um, it, it captures a zeitgeist and has done for quite a while and has quite a long legacy. It's considered one of the first blockbusters um, and it's credited, credited with refining the term to effectively create a new genre that mixed, com- um, mixed comedy and science fiction, horror and thrills.
1: Like the basic premise and the or the genre has been thematically rep, uh, replicated in films. You know, we get things like Men in Black from '97, Evolution in 2001, um, The Watch, yeah. R.I.P.D., even Pixels in 2015, um, that Adam Sandler film where he fights the video game things. You get these people, and there's some sort of, it would be aliens, monsters, ghosts, whatever, and they've mm. got some sort of ability to take them down. Some sort of organization or
2: or team. Yeah. With that, though, I think the approach to the special effects, like there's many um, behind-the-scenes features and interviews with the guys on the effects team. It's like their approach wasn't, hey, look, we're doing like supernatural ghost effects for a comedy. We're doing it for a serious film. That was the approach with the score, the approach with mm. the effects. So I mentioned as a kid at times, it's quite scary. Dana Barrett on the chair in the arms. Mm. And there's so many you know, moments mm. like that. It's because they weren't, Doing the effects to match a comedy. And that's what we yeah. talking about, just like blending the two. And it works perfectly. So I can see why other movies have gone to replicate it successfully yeah. with Men in Black. But there's some movies in that list that aren't the best. I mean, I've, I've got to call out <laughs> RIPD. I had high hopes for that. It just was no
1: good. Just no good. Put I
2: mean, I mean Bane end. Reynolds. I mean, yeah, it's going to be fun. No. Well, not
0: not going not to lie, that's on my Blu ray shelf unopened. So <laughs> <you seen> me, <laughs> I to said that. But I've seen everything else on that list. Evolution um, okay. uh, is evolution's actually my favorite if you're talking that formula. And that's
2: also I well, it is the Ghostbusters formula from the director of Ghostbusters, Ivan Reitman. I mean, instead of oh, the no yeah, ghost logo, you've got the yeah. smiley face with three yeah. eyes, as yeah. you say, and instead of the ecto One, we've got a fire truck. Instead of yeah. the Proton packs, we've got head and shoulders. I mean, <laughs> Like yeah, that's so the strongest one. I think that's the strongest <laughs> Ghostbusters. Instead of Eddie Hudson, they've got Sean William Scott. Why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's it's all the same.
1: Um, Ghostbusters, though, it was the first comedy film to employ expensive special effects because it was pretty much studio suicide to do so. Comedies didn't really make money. Not yeah.
2: to, to this level. This was a great year, though. I mean, 84. I mean, I think it had been unprecedented. Like, I ran up... I reeled off all the movies that came out that year. And what Mm -hmm. a year 84 had. I mean, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. It was a huge year for comedies. But you're right, until that point, not really. Um, So... In
0: 2015, the United States Library of Congress selected the film for preservation in a national film registry, find, finding it culturally, historically um, or aesthetically significant, which I agree with. It's not the first one of the one, uh, films that we've reviewed that
1: has also met that milestone. Um, Dana Barrett's apartment building has been known as the Ghostbusters building. So lots of tourists and film fans and stuff gather in the real location in New York and take photos and all that and go, oh, nice building, that's the where the stuff hmm. happened where they crossed the streams all of that um, uh, the hook and ladder <laughs> firehouse has also become a real world New York City tourist attraction um, and it's actually a working uh, fire station I believe Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. was a hit spawning the catchphrases who you're gonna call Ghostbusters and I ain't afraid of no
2: ghost it's a great song <laughs> I do like <laughs> the wooden DMC song from Ghostbusters 2 that's, that's a good one as well and I've always been disappointed to find that it's not on their greatest hits. <laughs> they did not choose to include that song. It's a great one. I think, I think it's a great song. And you're right. It's, I mean, it,
0: it, it's a household song. Everybody knows it. Everyone knows the catchphrases that come along with it as well. Um, in 1984, um, as you would expect for Halloween, um, it was just dominated by kids wearing Ghostbusters out, um, outfits. Um, as seen in, was it their most recent Stranger Things? It, uh, season, was it season seven, two or three was it, season two. Was it two yeah it was two season two yeah but you saw them you know they were dressing and they were very much taken by it. that
1: show actually is fantastic for all those nostalgia knots as well um entertainment industry observers credit ghostbusters and saturday night, saturday night live with reversing the industry's negative perception of new york city in the early 1980s so a lot of the i guess in media and stuff like new york was already seen as like grungy and all well, you know Everyone was an asshole, I suppose. Um, and this just sort of brought a bit of like fun life to the city. So there was that. Um, the busters suffix became a common term used, usually in like political campaigning and stuff, but also I guess in like just general terms and in marketing yeah. and stuff like that. Budget busters, crop busters, nuke busters, litter busters, price busters.
2: Mm.
1: Um, the
0: busters, busters everywhere. Uh, also the no ghost logo that we all are so familiar with. Was modified to um, protest political candidates like Ronald Reagan and Walter Mondale, um, and also uh, to Mickey, Mickey Mouse by strike, striking Disney workers as well. I've actually seen it recently protesting Trump as well, um, which is interesting. As, as a nice uh, no ghost guy Are with a big orange quiff, which is what well, whatever. Thirty-one thing. years it's later, normal.
1: no ghosts, no Trump. Yeah. It's all you know. It's all the same. <laughs> it's all the same. It's
0: all the same stuff. The movie "Be Kind, Rewind" includes a sequence in which Jack Black most most deaf, most um, deaf, most <laughs> deaf. <laughs> And like others recreate that movie as know. well. Have you seen that
2: film? "Be <laughs> Kind, Rewind." It doesn't sound like you <laughs> <up>. have.
0: <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, it's a good it's film, well, is it really? Yeah, yeah, so yeah,
2: it's
1: pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's pretty rewind.
2: good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's good. It's it's fun. Fun. Like I watched it once. I didn't go back. for it in the cinema. Like most movies, I watched that one at the cinema. It was good. Mm.
1: Um, the movie has also been referenced in other media, including Casper, which has a Dan Aykroyd cameo as a Ghostbuster.
2: Nice. Very with hilarious. a moustache.
1: Doesn't he, he have a moustache? me.
2: He does always bothered me that's to this right. day. Dan Aykroyd has a moustache.
1: He's very Zombie um, Zombieland, I guess, with all like the Bill Murray stuff in there. Um, Ex Machina, Ready Player One, Stranger Things, as you mentioned. Um, the Goldbergs as well. Plenty of things. Lots. Plenty of things. And despite its mainstream success, um,
0: it's also considered an example of a cult blockbuster, um, a popular film with a dedicated fan base. And it's globally inspired fan clubs, fan films, art conventions everywhere, including the 2016 documentary Ghost Heads, which is about Ghostbusters fans.
2: Luke, have you seen that one? Oh, of course. Yeah, that was of you released have. <laughs> here in Australia. On Netflix, I think worldwide actually it got a, a worldwide distribution on there. But they released it on the exact same day as the Paul Fee Ghostbusters movie. So that was a fun day. Right. I got to watch the documentary in the afternoon, the movie in the evening. One was better than the other. You decide which. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it is a wow. great documentary though. But it is it is about more about the fandom than the film, so. That's where I mean.
1: I guess that's when we great. talk legacy that's and stuff, great. that's I think the, the fans is the. It's, it's like a big part of Ghostbusters legacy and I guess the fact that its legacy has lived on for so long.
2: But then you <laughs> like fans are all over the world and they've got their own groups like here in Western Australia. Like you can look them up on social media. We have the WA Ghostbusters. They go mm. to events like they go to children's hospitals. They go to collector's fairs. They've got the card done up not quite like the Ecto-1, but they've got the stickers on there and, you know, they put on the proton packs and they have the full costume. So, but yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's yeah. a huge thing.
0: Now let's move into something else. Let's move into a bit of a history in, um, around the production of the movie. Um, so this movie was inspired by Dan Aykroyd's fascination with his belief in the paranormal and he began, Acroy began writing the script um, and actually intended to star in it himself alongside Eddie Murphy and also his fellow uh, SNL um, alumnus uh, John Belushi but unfortunately John Belushi passed away uh, during the, the scripting of the movie. So he turned instead to another SNL uh, castmate Bill Murray uh, and he agreed to join the project um, there were a few conditions on that one as well. He actually, I don't have it in front of me but he part of negotiations he required that the studio take on another uh, another role they had to do a reboot of the movie and they said yes um, oh really so I'm not sure yeah no which movie yeah that's right yeah and it was made in the, um, the, the 30s or 40s I think yeah, the studio agreed to to make it, which is amazing. Ackroyd's original script, I think we talked a little bit about this. It was actually a lot more serious than um, than what we ended up with, and changed it a little bit. Although it still did have uh, the Ghostbusters logo and the Marshmallow Man, but as we discussed, the protagonist would travel through time and space, and do a whole bunch of stuff combating a host of demonic and supernatural threats. Yeah, they just deemed it too impractical from a financial point of view. So they rewrote it um, and they they brought um, Harold Ramis in to rewrite that script um, and based it in
1: New York. That was all thanks to director Ivan Reitman. Right. So he, he got the, the two together. He was like, let's bring in Harold Ramis. Obviously, had worked previously with him. Um, he was involved with getting Bill Murray on board as well, even though yeah. they weren't really sure if they had him or not.
2: That's Bill Murray, it. though. It's just that's just it's, how he does it. Yeah, it's how he works. But he yeah, rocks. Like, day He was mysterious <laughs> to this day. You mentioned <laughs> Eddie Murphy back when he was going to be part of the movie. Winston had a much bigger role. You know, we'd later got, of course, Ernie Hudson and John Belushi was the Peter Venkman character. Unfortunately, you know, he had an accidental overdose. They reworked it slightly but they want to keep the spirit of Belushi in the movie. And that's where Slimer comes in. More based on his character from Animal House, but that essentially is Belushi in the movie. And Harold Ramis wasn't originally going to be acting in the film. he was brought on to help with the script, but what they found that they were seeing different people for the role, the dialogue that was going to be coming out of Egon's mouth, they're like, it has to be you. Like, this mm. character is you. Like, you're the perfect person. And then, yeah. Because we'd seen Ramis and Murray together previously in Stripes a couple of years earlier. So they had known each other. What a different movie would have we would have gotten, though. I, think I, kind of, it, I can't even yeah. imagine Murphy in it, you know? I just can't. Yeah. I mean, I think no, I he made a bad choice for himself. Like, you know, he did Beverly Hills Cop instead. Well, that's which, it. That in itself was a Stallone movie. <laughs> that Eddie Murphy came <laughs> yeah. in at the last minute. took over but yeah it would have been completely different Uh, this the four that you've got as the Ghostbusters like there's a good balance to them and Mm. it worked really well if you think Mm. a lot of what Ernie Hudson's doing it's a lot more subtle he has his outbursts but it's a lot more subtle compared to the other guys even like Egon who's a very quiet character you still always feel his presence if you had Eddie Murphy being Eddie Murphy it would just it'd be something else Let's talk about these uh, these characters
1: then. Let's go through the Ghostbusters, or at least the original three, anyway. So Peter Venkman, you got Bill Murray. So he's basically the mouth, the the cool modern salesman. He's got all the he's got all the good lines. <laughs> he's
0: uh, or is what what does Sigourney Weaver's character call him? Uh, a television a show host? Yeah, a, show a game host. show host.
1: Yeah. As opposed he to line line for
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> true. It becomes it's a reality. <laughs> That's right. That's true. So um, I, I mean, he is—he steals the. Yeah, sh- like everything. Every every scene he's in, it's amazing. Um, I did read. So when I was doing a little bit of the research, I read that um, almost all of his dialogue is um, ad-libbed. Like there was a script in place, but a lot of the stuff that you see in the movie was just different cuts of
2: of him just coming it's, out with it's random his craft you, you can see that yeah. yeah you can see that that's why i'm surprised that he doesn't get a writing credit because i also read that that he's mm. a lot of the lines spoken by his character he wrote those lines i suppose like yeah. um where do you draw the line if you know he's just coming up with lines for his own character it's like yeah. yes i guess that would be the difference but still though like every other time he's opening his mouth if they're his words are not Anyway, just about bummer. That's a conversation. Oh, well, I agree because it's part
0: of it's part of the performance, isn't it? But, um, but it's also part of structuring the character, which is the writer's job. And it's just because he was coming up with it on the spot. But anyway, yeah. I mean, I'll tell really- you what, though. I mean, you have to admit, he's got some of the best lines in the movie, oh, even if they were ad-libbed or, or created.
1: I always like to refer to Venkman, um, you know, when people say, like, oh, Ghostbusters is a comedy. And I'm like, it is, to an extent. And I'm like, it is. If you categorise it, it is a comedy. But um, what's good about it, um, and I guess, you know, also comedy is subjective, but the movie is pretty realistic. It's set in the real world. Um, You know, there are definitely rules and stuff. And it's like all the comedy that comes out, like all the comedy that you get from this movie is what -hmm. the characters are doing. Everyone outside of like the core characters play it straight they're in the real world and it's yeah. it's these characters that are being funny and humorous it's not mm. situations and events and, and things that are like no yeah. oh, this is a comedy setting it's a real setting just with funny mm. people and venkman obviously yeah. is the highlight of like yeah. it's like him as a human being is he's a comedian who happened to have become a scientist and now he's a ghostbuster mm. that's that's what he is He's a, the, the, the he's laziest scientist in the world
0: The, the laziest scientists in the world you never well, studied. <laughs> <laughs> it's a
2: great line. Just pretend uh, I know nothing. And the Ray's like, yeah. <laughs> you never studied.
0: <laughs> it, my favourite line that he uh, he says is, he turns around to Ray and he goes, you don't look good. <laughs> and he goes, you've looked better. You didn't used to look like this. And and you see Dan Aykroyd react to that. And I reckon that would have been one of the ad-lib ones because he's like, what, what are you talking about? It's, it's just incredibly... Oh, oh, I mean, there's so many amazing one-liners he's got.
1: I'd say he's like epic line the one if i was if you were like quote venkman right
2: now i'd be Um, like we came we saw and we kicked its ass
1: like that and that was
2: yeah and that's a great line that's you know the the movie's known you know for that line that's that's a big one but what i like it's not just the dialogue it's the knowing looks that they give each other you can tell that these guys it's like a a well-oiled machine and working together i mean murray and ackroyd together at the beginning in the library you know when the bookcase falls over and Peter's like, has that happened to you before? And then Ray shakes his head first time, he nods. It's it's just great. They bounce like off each really, other, yeah, and they, they know how really to do, do it. it. And Ray's got yeah. that line. Listen, I smelled something. It's like just it just doesn't make sense. Like they're saying these things it's there's so much subtlety going yeah. on and a lot of smoking. I noticed mm. for this real there yeah. is so much smoke in this movie. You fast forward to Ghostbusters mm-hmm. 2, nobody's smoking. It was a different type.
1: Right. Nobody but smokes. E- even over the five two. year the five years later, it was just, yeah, no um, yeah. things have changed so I mean, much. Quit. People started dying yeah. from tobacco. <laughs> take, I imagine.
0: Cigarettes. Cigarettes everywhere. Everyone has a cigarette. Um and, and, and they use it for comic effect as well. You know, like there's a point where Ray sees the ghosts, I think, and he's got a cigarette and it's just kind of hanging on his lips. It's <laughs> hanging, hanging there.
1: And then it just falls because he's in shock. But, it um, really stressed me out yeah. though that he yeah. didn't put it out. It's sitting there in the just hotel. sitting there on the ground.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, what about Ray's got the, the bonnet of the XO1 up? He's got his head in there. Dana yeah. Barrett walks in, he looks around, and he's got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Oh, that's, that's, not, really safe. On the car. that's not safe. Yeah. Well, a lot of things are not safe. Like when um, Egon is like, this reminds me of the time when you stopped me from drilling a hole in my head. Or yes. someone says, oh, you were going to do that. And he's like, it would have worked. You know, <laughs> it would have worked you if you not to stop, stop me. What about when they... <laughs> to the smart guys, but at the same time. <laughs> I mean, they, they yeah. when they first
1: use the proton packs, they don't try it. Like they don't never te- oh. give a test run, and then they're shooting it at that, yeah. that poor hotel maid, and then there's like yeah. a fire, and she's trying to put it out with like a little a water, I don't know, bottle, a water yeah. bottle or something, multi-purpose, yeah. whatever that is. But I
2: like <laughs> when in the lift and Ray switches his on first,
1: and they all just and step they kind aside, like...
2: shuffle to one side. We yeah. talk about lady with a shopping cart. There's a couple of examples of this happening where either supporting actors or uh, extras that are in some of the scenes didn't quite know how big some of the special effects were going to be, like some of the right. practical effects. So when they blow up the car and it sparks, that woman, the mate, she's generally annoyed. <laughs> she wasn't expecting it to be. She's like, what the hell are you doing? I mean, maybe not scripted, I don't know, but she well, was it wasn't. That was her that just yelling at the like camp, like, like yelling at the director. Like, what are you doing? You've got Walter Peck, by, uh, played by William Atherton. And then at the end, you know, it's a staple marshmallow man. It's has been defeated. And they use shaving foam to replicate the, the marshmallow. And when, he, when they drop it on him, and this was heavy as well. So when the character is generally annoyed, he's kicking his legs, and he's, ah, the actor didn't know that was going to dump on him. And that is the <laughs> actor, not the character, generally annoyed. That they've done that him. I love stuff that. I love, yeah, I love it when they they just mess That's with brilliant. It Boy, do you. Brilliant. Just go those. back and watch
1: it now.
0: He's doing that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we started talking a little bit about Ray, portrayed by Dan Aykroyd. I, I mean, I know, we were talking about the, the writing and you know all of the ad libbing, but like he he's known as the heart. I guess the heart of it. He's honest. He's um he's very enthusiastic. I I don't know. He, he's... The heart is the right way to just describe his character. Like he's, he's there keeping the team together. He's the most interested yeah. in the work kind of thing as well. I, just, I like everything about him. I think, I think he's,
2: he's just, probably he's, my favourite out, yeah, out of all of them. He's very endearing. There's, he's got a real gullible side, and he's, just, he's really happy. They go to the firehouse, it's all run down. He's excited. Yeah. We should sleep here tonight. He gets, a fi- yeah. he gets the X01, the old ambulance, and he's yeah. basically listing all the things that he needs to repair on it. And what he's describing there is a new car. They need yeah. a new car because <laughs> this is done. But yeah. I love the fact that, yes, Ray is referred to as the heart of the Ghostbusters, so is Dead awkward. so like yeah. in the movie and in real life the guy yeah. is the heart of this franchise I love that yeah,
0: yeah, it's, yeah continuing on even to, to today There's a, he's got a really good line um, they, they, they're seen as, as slackers a little bit but even though you know they've You've, you've definitely got Venkman, who's the worst out of them all. But Ray does actually say, he's got the line where he goes, he goes, I've worked in the private sector. They expect results. And it's just <laughs> when the two of them are, are sitting yeah, yeah. at the front of the library, right. drinking, drinking whiskey or whatever it is. And you just hear that and you're like, obviously, he he's a smart man and he's an accomplished man. But he, he's also like, no, he's got his cushy job and now he's going to have to get, do that's else.
1: right he's comfortable um yeah. but you, you know look you're, you're right like he is he's sort of the, a bit naive and gullible you know like he does kind of get almost bullied into remortgaging well, selling his, his house yeah, like, selling the house. Or remortgaging, yeah.
2: yeah. it's yeah. like my uh, parents left me that house i grew up in that house <laughs> but, he just, but he does it anyway it's going to cost that him like uh, 95 grand to just from the only the interest alone over the next 10 years and eagle's <laughs> Eagle. Egon, even. He's crunching the numbers <laughs> while we showing him how bad of a deal he really got. Like I didn't <laughs> even tackle with him.
1: But it's like, <laughs> yeah, like, you, you couldn't have Ghostbusters without both Ray and without Dan Aykroyd. Like, he's there. And he gets an, on, well, not on screen, but he gets an implied poltergeist blowjob. I mean, so, I mean you don't see it.
2: You don't see it. <laughs> oh, I mean, come on, what <laughs> else is happening is fly goes down. <laughs> she starts up top, she floats down below and then well, he goes cross-eyed. But but he's dreaming though, isn't he? He's dreaming. He's dreaming. It doesn't actually dreaming. happen. Dreaming. So, and doesn't then he puts to. Is he dreaming? He's, he Roll, yeah. he's dreaming. Yeah, yeah. he's, he's dreaming. dreaming. Yeah. It's not actually so, happening. Are we sure? He ro- t- yes. Um, no. Yes. No. That, no okay. Yeah. I think even in this movie, you couldn't actually have it happen. Even though we see it happen, I've always <laughs> taken that as a dream sequence. Like he's yeah. dreaming. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I never really I gave it much thought. I just it.
0: He's definitely dreaming because he rolls right out of bed straight after. It. It's like as yeah, as a yeah, one. And if he wasn't yeah.
2: dreaming, it's good that no one else woke up because who wants to see that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you doing, Ray? <laughs> that's a that's a different movie, eh?
1: That's something. To, let's talk. Let's talk. Right. Egon Spengler. Uh, yeah.
2: Harold Ramos.
1: R.I.P. The legend. Yeah, yeah. See, I
2: remember that was everywhere. You know, when the announced that like, you know he passed, and yeah, that was that was a hard one. It's, mm. it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because there's something about as you've got family members and then celebrity, but you see people like you know come and go in movies and whatnot. But when it's something that that played such a big part in your life and that character, and then when I heard you pass, yeah, that was that was that was an odd mm. time it really stayed with me. And it, I was generally yeah. quite surprised how affected mm. I was by someone that I'd never met.
0: For for me, I was hanging out because there's talk, you know, throughout the the years. There's always been talk of you know reunion movie and can we get Ghostbusters three off the ground and uh, and then he passes and then it's like well, then that's gone. That that idea is gone. And then travel through to 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 today and it's like no, hang on, we're about to get one where they're all coming back, but he's not going to be part of it. And it's uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they
2: found a way. Like we we do yeah. know from that trailer that he's. Like descendants or family members no, are going to be in the movies. They found a way yeah. to include his the legacy of his character.
0: Um, so him as a character as well. He's seen as the brains, his intelligent, factual, and emotionless. A little bit of trivia that I found out um, with some of my research was that Harold Ramis actually tried his best not to smile while in character. So he wanted that character to not have. He still finds humor, I think, but I think he's yeah. just so straight, straight edged. One of my favorite interactions between the characters is when uh, Bill Murray hands Howard Ramos a crunch bar. A Twinkie. No, no, it's a crunch bar. No, it's a so Twinkie. It's, I thought it was a bar. Ghostbusters, right,
2: anyway. Twinkies go hand in hand.
0: Because he goes, he goes well, yeah, Bill Murray says, um, I take back what I said about you, you've earned this, and gives it to him.
2: But then <laughs> Ray's like all-knowing baby. and smiling. And it, yeah, yeah and it's just that thing, again, like Ray and Egon, very intelligent. But you've got this naive, naive side in Ray, but then you've got almost this like this being rewarded by a treat, like a dog being given a biscuit. Is how I've always seen Egon getting that Twinkie from Ray it's or from Pierre. So,
0: it's so condescending. It's so good. And it goes it's along so, with it. So
2: Twinkies ridiculous. play a big part later on. But talking about you know that's a big Twinkie. You know the yeah. analogy. That's right. I went to that's the right. US when I was 16, and, had a Twinkie and first opportunity I bought a Twinkie. That's the first yeah. thing you did. That was buy a Twinkie. One <laughs> Okay. One <laughs> because, well, like, you know, because in the UK you can't get Twinkies, maybe you can now, but back then you couldn't. So, I've like grown up watching Twinkies in this movie, and then yeah, all of a right. sudden I had one. And you know what? It was okay, <laughs> it was all right, it was okay. it's okay. just a cake with cream, spongy. right? It's just, is that yeah, it? pretty much. It's yeah, but the cream. um, for it's the 2016 awesome. movie, they put a special edition one out where the cream was a luminous cream. There you go, that can't be good oh, for care. you. <laughs> i'd say not i didn't try uh, that one. <laughs> i couldn't but, find any but um,
1: <laughs> good you that's why you're still with us uh, not dead um uh, yeah <laughs> what what howard ramus is doing with his character just like the dry deliveries the you could he can say something and the line might not actually be that funny or you know humorous at all but the way he's given it to us yeah. just you know, the delivery own a voice it's, it's yeah. just it's something else and that and that carries over into like the real Ghostbusters. Not that it's Raymond's doing us, but the you know the voice. Even though he has blonde hair as a cartoon character and he, that weird quiff mm-hmm. thing, I don't know what's going on. Um,
2: but he's still carrying over the yeah, and it's like the character.
1: It's the iconic part of of his character, and it's you just yeah. know it's him. It's just, it's just
2: wonderful. when um, when Janine like Annie Potts, she's asking him like, "Do you have any hobbies?" Hobbies, and he's like, "I collect spores, molds, and fungi." <laughs> I love it he's yeah, a legend, is.
1: like um, <laughs> what, he does. So well, what he does? Yeah, I mean, just what whilst, he likes to do. Whilst we're talking ghostbusters, though, let's talk about the ecto mobile or the ecto one
2: or whatever it's I officially he gonna, called. Hey, listen, I thought you was going to say Winston, but I guess we'll <laughs> wait <laughs> until we can get to supporting role. So talk we'll get we'll about get the car, car <laughs> and then we'll talk about the fourth ghost.
1: We might even have an ad break before then. I don't know. Well. <laughs> we <get> to
2: <laughs> Poor Winston the
1: car he's like the robin. Car. yeah the Batmobile car. Batmobile okay. gets a movie before robin gets a movie that is oh,
0: true yeah uh so i so i was reading through production notes that the car was intended to be black but then there's so many night shots so they just made a decision as like it doesn't make any sense to have a black car running around everywhere i don't know anything about the car though does anyone have any interesting tidbits or trivia about the Ecto mobile?
2: Um, I've got no spec details. I mean, in the movie, it's an old ambulance. Uh, the siren is yeah. broken. That's why we get that distinctive yeah. um, mm-hmm. siren that they didn't choose to use in the Paul Fide movie. <laughs> Madness. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> no, I don't know too much. I mean, I own lots of toy Ecto ones. <laughs> I mean, hold the car up again just so I. You know, for us watching the... I mean, video. so you can see, I mean, the people at home can't see, but this is my Playmobil edition. Excellent. <laughs> it's got Janine in there. I've oh, got okay. a little Dana Barrett. The guys are in there. Amazing.
1: <laughs> for the firehouse. I mean, we mentioned the firehouse earlier. The hook and ladder. Company 8 in New York City. The firehouse used for the exterior of the Ghostbusters headquarters. So it's still there. It's a, it's a working, functional firehouse. The exterior, anyway. Yep. So the, the interior was all like it's a, in LA, not in LA, yeah. So, so um, tell you what,
0: the uh, the um, the pole inside that Dan Aykroyd jumps on, but so enthusiastically it moves. I don't know if you noticed that when you're oh, yeah,
2: it. it does, yeah, yeah. I mean, you fix it that <laughs> 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 when they do renovations, but at the, I mean, the, the mute uh, the building it's ready to be knocked down, to yeah, be honest. it's not safe, so <laughs> <It But, is.
1: laughs> The... the the shuffling pole is accurate, I guess, for this scene. But I mean, if you were, if I was in New York, I mean, there'd be a few hotspots I would go to. I would track down this firehouse, I reckon. Maybe not the, maybe not, you know, Dana's building, but I'd go to. No, but I'd
2: go, I'd go there for sure. I like, mate a man in the UK. He's been to New York and he's been to the building. Like it's it's fantastic. And when you you know, he took pictures of it, and it looks just like it does in the movie. It's quite- Did you
1: ever buy the Lego set?
2: No, I de- Yeah, no, I, I didn't get that. But I mean, I'd still like to. And I was so close to getting the Playmobil <laughs> version. But when I was a kid, I had the the real. In fact, you know what? I've still actually got it. I've got a box of Ghostbusters toys at my parents' <laughs> house in the UK, and I've got the firehouse. whoa oh, it's great. one of my favorite toys. It was great, and you had some. You had like a, a grate on the roof, and you got a tub of slime. You'd stand mm-hmm. characters underneath in the house, and you'd squish the slime through the grate. A lot of fun. Oh, I love toys <laughs> with slime.
1: Oh, it a yeah. it's, it's a
2: great, it's a great
1: type. I mean, do we want to talk about their uniforms and the the proton packs and why all the oh. things that cosplay and all the kids at Halloween went nuts? I mean, easy
2: to do. Look, what, it's it's a flight suit. You know, essentially, it's uh, it's like it's a, mechanics overalls.
0: Well, pest controller, I think, is what they were aiming yep. for initially, um, and that's what that's what it is. They just you know, pest control people, really. I really, um, I was reading a production note about their proton packs about how most of the cast were pretty damn vocal about wearing them, because they were quite heavy, more heavy than what you realise, but they actually had different ones depending on what the scenes were, so some were heavier than others, but apparently Dan Aykroyd, I think it was Dan Aykroyd, was the least complaining cast member, but um, Ivan Reitman, Reitman didn't actually say who the most complaining person is. Um, I would hazard a guess that it would, might be Bill Murray, but we will never know. I don't, I yeah, see it. I didn't mean, see where, where
2: where it wouldn't have been Ernie Hudson. <laughs> just happy he'd be. have been happy to. He's happy <laughs> to be there. <laughs> he just happy to be. You there. know. And, yeah. Not Ackroyd and, and okay, so not Ernie Hudson. Ackroyd, he wrote the thing with Ramis. Looking at you, Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah, it's got to <laughs> maybe, <be wrong>. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you know. I was oh, years ago. I got to see this movie at the cinema, and it was absolutely. Incredible, and I'd watched it many times before, but it wasn't until watching it at the movies that when they switch on the proton packs, my seat shook in the cinema. Oh. It was amazing; like you could feel the vibration of the sound. It was a oh, brilliant Dolby sound system. Amazing, yes, yeah. <laughs> so, so good. It's like watching it at home as a kid on a little portable TV. You don't quite get that effect on your you on your VHS, Like flipping upside down and. <laughs> And I kind of thought, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I watched that once, that copy once, but I thought, oh, maybe I'll get that experience again with the 2016 movie, but no. Mm. But the 84 <laughs> one, the sound was just banging. It was great. Maybe the 2021 movie. Who nice. Maybe. playing safe Fingers crossed. See you on the other side, Rick.
1: Oh. Nice working with you, Dr. Venkman. Hi,
2: I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. And we are the guys from That Film Stew. Do you like movie reviews and want to keep up to date with the latest in movie and TV news? Then That Film Stew is the podcast for you. Join us every two weeks for some good times, laughs and firm opinions on the things we love. That's right. There's a new podcast released every two weeks on iTunes and SoundCloud. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as
1: That Film Stew Podcast. That Film Stew Podcast. Listen, comment, follow, share. Let's, I think I think it's been enough time. We've pushed them back enough. We're on page 84 of the script already. Um, <laughs> Winston Zedemore. We haven't got time. Moving on. <laughs> All right, Janine. <laughs> hey, no, I, no, 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 no. I put
2: him in front of Janine. I think that's... Of course. That's I mean, yeah. Winston is the everyman. He's the entry point because we've been introduced to the scientist to begin with. But yeah. he's us. He's experiencing this. Um, for the for the first time, and yeah, yeah he, he plays it, he plays it brilliantly, and he has got some fantastic lines. And not only that, he gets the last line in the whole movie. He does, which I think is pretty con- incredible, considering he's left out most times. But he gets <laughs> the last line in the movie. But one of my favourite lines, it's when he's in the mayor's office and everyone's there, yeah. and he's like, "Listen." I want to be with these guys for a couple of weeks, but I've seen shit that will turned you white. Yeah. And everyone's just so shocked. It's a great line. It's a great delivery. I love yeah. it. This
1: even when he's even just, in, in the jail cell and, you know, he's he's everyone's losing their shit and then he's just like, hang on a second. Hang on a second. And he just tells them how it is. And it's just like, he just takes control and he's like, yep, yeah, this guy deserves to be here. Um, and it's yeah. just, it is, I mean, it's a shame that it, we don't, I mean, he's the fourth Ghostbuster. Like, he is. And he's, yeah. he's rightfully there taking the fourth spot. But, like, this movie doesn't let him shine until he comes into it yeah. in a if supporting you, role. If you,
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, if you read the comics, like, there's four Ghostbusters. Yeah, There's equally four. Like, none are written more than others. And there's four. Mm-hmm. And the backstory to, to Winston is an ex-Marine, which is pretty cool. Right. So when it comes to being physical in the comics, he's really quite capable. <gasps> so he's the muscle. He's the muscle. Yeah.
1: Yes. Well, and you I don't mean, to
0: get that in this movie. No. The The original character, I can't remember if we said it at the top, but I believe he was actually, yeah, he was meant to be ex-military before the rewrites on the script in, in Dan Ackroyd's script as well. Um, yeah. And then, it, and then it was just moved on to the everyman thing when, when um once Eddie Murphy moved on and all of that. So, but I like him as the everyman because it does need a relatable element. You don't need another professional there. You need another just person. And he says that. He goes, I'll do whatever you want. Just, you, you pay me, right? So As long as it, the paycheck. He's got a line in there, um, and I don't have the number in front of me, but he mentions about wages. I think he says something about it's this isn't worth the 11000 or whatever it is. Yeah. And if you equate... Yeah, I that,
1: yeah,
0: see. It's about, it's about that. Um, about but 11, if you equate 50, that, yeah, there that's you go. That's exactly it. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, if you equate that to, you know, current dollars, still at, that's still only like, you know, th- $20,000, $20, $30,000 or something. like eight percent inflation. So it's a very it. low-paid job, <laughs> really low-paid
1: job. And dangerous <laughs> on a regular basis. It's better than an intern. <laughs> you know?
2: like, at least he's getting something. <laughs> I know, but his, his life's literally on the line. But, I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe they have... He's fantastic. He's, they've oh, got it. Good dental he's great in this.
0: Janine Melnitz. I didn't catch her surname when I was watching it.
1: Now nah, it's in the credits, it's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, just, I don't they don't but, refer to her by a surname, but yeah. yeah but so Janine's played by Annie Potts. Um so Janine's played by Annie Potts. I mean I liked I'd like her character. I can't really really point too much to it. She's intense. She probably oh, the lowest paid admin that's ever worked ever probably i don't even know if she's being paid is she being paid i'm sure she's
2: being paid i'm sure but, um, yeah, she, you know we're paying you aren't we <laughs> you've got all, all this oh, yeah. expensive equipment type something so absolutely don't, something. And don't yeah. look at me with those bug eyes hey janine <laughs> i'm sorry about the bug eyes thing i think annie pots is so bloody good in this and the line we've got one yeah ringing yeah. the bell it's yeah she really does absolutely but honestly as a yeah. kid I feel like I was fooled by Superman wearing a pair of glasses as Clark Kent. When she's got different glasses and the ginger bob, like in Ghostbusters Two, you thought
1: it was someone. I also
2: thought it was a different actress. <laughs> yeah. As a kid, I thought that. It wasn't until years <laughs> later. I'm like, oh, no, it's it's the same actress. It's still her. It's still her. <laughs> you know, she's you know she's dressing more you know hip in, in Ghostbusters Two, where she's very much you know shirt, cardigan, big glasses, uh, short hair. But yeah, yeah. wow. Janine, she's great. And if you did watch the real Ghostbusters, she actually becomes a Ghostbuster. She has her own yeah. costume, a pack. But yeah, she's mm. brilliant.
0: She, she's also kind of portrayed as a little bit of a love interest, I think. Um, I think kind of in, in this one. Yeah, sure it gives Egon, Egon
1: someone to flirt but, with. And yeah, they've yeah. got, they got something yeah. something going on. He,
2: They they carry that on in the real Ghostbusters as well. So we got Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters, and then Ghostbusters 2. So if you Mm. follow those seasons of the real Ghostbusters, they really do develop that more and they follow it. You get Ghostbusters 2 and they mix it up and it's Janine and Lewis Tully. So they change it completely. No Egon.
0: Yeah. Every time she's there, it's
1: it's intense and it's crazy and it's... She's full on. And I she's doing think a brilliant. bang up job. Even when she's yeah, pissed she makes off, it work. It's just like Ghostbusters, what do you want? Like, oh, it's yeah, the best. Honestly, I think great delivery. She's,
0: she's fantastic. Actually, she really- actually, she's also responsible for one of the best lines as well. It's when she's talking to the cop and she's, she just says so casually, like just dropping off or picking up as if, are you dropping yeah. one of the guys <laughs> off or are you picking one of them up? What do you want? Just tell me what you want to do. It's just and it's so casual. but it's so perfect. Who, who else do we got? So we've got um, oh of course we've got Sigourney Weaver. So Dana Barrett, love interest for Ventman, which is pretty established, pretty much straight up as soon as they meet. Um, oh, but she's more she's than that. quite Sigourney. No 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 no. But uh, yeah, it is definitely. But um, her, I I can can never fault Sigourney Weaver. I don't think no. I've ever seen her in a bad performance. You know, like, and she's been in such a. She I'm
2: I'm I'm no, no, no I, yeah, no. I, I, even yeah, as bad as aliens Three
1: is she's still pretty good. <laughs> she's good at it. Well,
0: I, aliens Three wasn't her fault. Um, she, she was fine in it, and Alien Resurrection she was fine in as well. Yeah, like, she's, playing playing.
2: It's she's pretty a, impressive yeah. to think like so, so to go on Weaver, who we get in Alien, and then Aliens, and to go from that to Dana Barrett. But mm. like what a transformation, like completely different, but she plays yeah. it really well. And yet part of her role is to be the love interest, but she's also driving the story. Like she does get possessed yeah. and everything originates in her building from her apartment. So she's pretty yeah. integral, but mm. somebody had to hold of interest. But she also, you know,
0: she gives as good as she takes in a way with the banter between her and
2: um, Bill Murray. Like she,
0: and she took the role as well. I was reading in some production notes somewhere that, um, she wanted to just exercise a little bit more humour with the character because generally her characters are a lot more serious. Um, prior, prior to this, um, and she does that, you know, she, she bounces off off Bill Murray, and they have a little bit of bit of flirty banter, and I think it's it's just a it's a refreshing touch, uh, ta- yeah. sorry, take on a character that you don't generally see Sigourney Weaver gets play at that point anyway.
2: It's a good point you made there, Rob. Like she's going toe to toe with Bill Murray, and she's holding her own. Absolutely. Yeah, she's really, really good in this.
1: It was actually apparently it was actually Sigourney Weaver's idea to have her become possessed and you know turn into like the like dog gargoyle thing, yeah, yeah, you know, and be possessed by by Zool, and that whole story element sort of was was put in there upon her suggestion, yeah. which was yeah, it just made me think of one of the lines that Bill Murray says. Uh, it's not,
0: but when he's uh he's explaining that she turned into a barking,
1: drooling, but like dog, basically. But anyway, yeah. sorry. that nice lady who paid us in <laughs> advance and turned yeah. into a, <laughs> <Yeah>. a dog. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, you
0: said that. She's not in the room. She couldn't defend herself. Anyway. I, just, I mean, tell them the
1: truth. <laughs> it's it is. What
0: happened? It is. She turned into a gargoyle. That's, That's why right. it's
1: funny. Um, but her, um, her, her neighbor, Lewis Tully, the yes. great uh, Rick Moranis. I was almost going to say the late Rick Moranis, like just because. No, oh. no, <laughs> I was, I was, he, no, no. where is he? <laughs> he's
0: brilliant, isn't he? And this role
1: is an example of that. Just yeah, you know, being brilliant.
0: oh, he's so good, isn't he? He's just so good at playing that that character as well. Just that bumbling, weird, yeah, you know, over the top. Boy, well, he's an accountant in this, and that kind yeah. of fits. Yeah. If it, it it's the personality he has with um. You know, like honey, I shrunk the kids
2: and stuff. It's just that weird, eccentric, different kind person. of eccentric in this. But I like the fact that you know he's throwing a party and he decides to mm. invite clients instead of friends because then it can be a tax write-off. And then as he's introducing people yeah. to the party, he's like telling everyone like personal information about everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's who's he's saving so money and who's characters? Who yeah, know, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's it's interesting that like the, this role was actually written for
2: John Candy, but he turned it down because he just didn't understand what the what the well, character was, what the role yeah. was. And well, John Candy, from memory, he wanted to play the character as German, and yeah. they didn't want that for the film. That like, hey, listen, we're in New York, we're doing a New York story, and then he was making um, choices that they didn't quite agree with. So then John Candy's like, I'm not going to take the job. I'm going to move on to another project. But how about you hire my buddy, Rick Moranis? Like they knew each other from Second City. And yeah, and then Rick Moranis, you know, he is Lewis Tully. But if you look at some of the special features, they'll show you storyboard artwork and it's John Candy in there. Like they've drawn him in the arts. He, he was, you know, fairly far into the production before yeah. they switched him out. But I'm glad that we, I mean, I love John Candy, I think he's fantastic. But oh, Rick Moranis, he is so good as Lewis Tully. Yeah. You got think, some coffee? Um, yes, have some. <laughs> <laughs> you like, go, yes. Have some. I think yeah. um uh, I think
0: John Candy also wanted to um he wanted to see so yeah, not only the German character, but he also wanted to have two little schnauzer dogs as well. Right. And it just it just wasn't working. The concept wasn't working because there's already a dog element Too many dogs, associated yes. with it. And it just it was just conflicting with that kind of statement. And yeah, just yeah, so there's a few reasons why it was a good choice
1: probably not to follow through with that so i think with his character it would have been very easy for them to just leave his character in this movie you know with the sequel and not bring him back but i'm glad they did find a way to yeah to utilize him obviously they they realized that he was a huge standout in this
2: fantastic character but again i just want to remind you that ghostbusters is a pg now let's think of what's happening so before we get to see gozer we get Dana Barrett, who's possessed by Zool, the gatekeeper. Louis Tully, who's possessed by Vince Clotho, the keymaster. master. And what actually needs to happen in this PG movie is them to need to have sex, mm. which happens on the top of the building. And again, it's a PG movie, enjoyed by kids worldwide. Yes, but it's yeah. implied. So it's so all good. It's <laughs> all so good. You, well, this is the ghost with Ray again. Yes, heavily <laughs> implied. But no, that happens. I mean, we've got a gatekeeper... And the key master. Yes. And the male is the key master. So I mean, we need, we, the, yeah. we need to find yeah. the keyhole. We well, need to find the keyhole. There we go. We know, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder, I wonder if we're going to get a, um, a Rick Moranis cameo in, a, in the new movie that's coming out. Because I know it hasn't been listed, but he is also, he's, he's actually going to be performing again in a new Honey, I Shrunk the Kids yeah.
2: spin-off or, or reboot. So I wonder if we're going to get a because, cameo. Yeah, No, I don't think we are. And he, and he said that we're not. Uh-huh. The, the difference being is that, I mean, he's one of many moving parts in Ghostbusters and being a supporting character as well, or yeah, a supporting actor. Whereas Hunyar yeah. Shrunk the Kid, although it's going to follow, follow his son, played by Josh Gad, that's still his franchise. Yeah, he He's going to be passing him over the mantle. So it makes more sense for him to come back for yeah. Shrunk than another Ghostbusters film. I mean, hey, I'd love it if he did. I just I don't think there's enough in it for him to do that.
0: Um, the
2: ghosts. What do you guys think? What do you think?
0: Looking back on it, and what was your thoughts back in the day and now kind of thing? Do they hold up? As a up? kid,
2: Is a kid, scary. And today, yeah, they do hold up. I I just love the use of practical effects, but then also. Yep. The, the ghosting effects that they use, but it wasn't until yesterday I got to see the library ghost without the finished effect in the movie. And it's just the you know the masks that the actress wears. Mm. Terrifying. Mm. Oh,
1: the I, I if if you were to ask me who's the, which is the scariest ghost, I'd say yeah it's the it's the library ghost. The library. Oh, so opening scene. <laughs> and then when <laughs> I,
2: just, I don't like it. It's the, like the, the opening is amazing. And then, and then, go on, Ray, go on, Ray. Like, I've got a plan. Get her. It's amazing. And then she goes from being this timid librarian to this big, scary thing and arms outstretched. You know, I did read today as well that the, the design for the library ghost was used again a year later in Friday night. To they find us, they found a second purpose. Oh, wow. That's that's saving money. (laughs) That's okay. Well, yeah, but the effects, the effects are fantastic, you know? So when, when they need to be scary, you've got the librarian ghost, you've got, I mentioned earlier, like when the arms are coming out of the chair and grabbing Dana Barrett and she's taken into the, into the kitchen, to the fridge. But then Mm. later on, when you see the staple of Marshmallow Man, it's always looked ridiculous. Mm. But it's supposed to. So the, the balance know? is great. Yeah. You get really silly with that. The design on Slimer, so good. Yeah. Well, I think when they were I mean, when they he... were designing
1: the most of the ghosts and they were storyboarding them and uh, and all that. I mean, yeah, they were they were making a serious grounded movie with just you know these fantastical things. But when they were, especially with Slimer, they were going. This is a cartoon. Like we're we're storyboarding these creatures like a cartoon. So they would, you know, just be more playful and stuff with it. So I guess when you do have the human characters interacting with the ghosts, it is, it's sort of, it's of another world. It's it's of a different dimension there. So as Mm. much as they're grounded, obviously they're doing their comedy stuff, but it's very grounded. Mm. And then you've got, yeah, these cartoon ghosts that, Mm. it's like when you die, you just become a a weird little creature. I mean, the taxi driver. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. Like a zombie, yeah, basically, just a rotted corpse. I tell you what, you, you mentioned there before, Luke, about the um the practical stuff, and then mixed with you know some, some like the ghost ghostly effects and all that. But like that opening library scene where the books are flying around behind there, and then um, all the cards are flying out of the uh, the drawers and stuff like that. All those practical things. Yeah, I, I mean, just have to reiterate, yeah. a practical is just so
2: good. Yeah, no matter what, really it's just I mean, so it's just good. On
1: on string,
2: that's it. Yeah, that's it. Amazing. Yeah. The books were on string. And then some of the either side just pulling them across the And the, the, and the yeah.
1: what are the I don't know how a library what are those cards called? Like um what are they called? Like reference cards. Yeah, that's the one. Those reference cards. Card. Yeah. I'm a millennial. Um, <laughs> it's just a guy blowing into a straw or a pipe or something, yeah. and it, that's it. It's a guy on the other side of the wall just yeah. blowing, using his mm. breath. Like that's it's creepy, it's
2: terrifying, yeah. and they're good shots. That's all well, the, the facts that you know. Outside of Slimer, which you know, it is you know played for laughs and it's more cartoony, like the other ghosts, like it could this could be just a straight horror movie and mm-hmm. they're the ghosts, like you know, if you're watching another horror movie, the librarian would not look out of place. And I've yeah. always just loved it. It's yeah, the I've always just the design of the ghost, the glow, brilliant, mm-hmm. the bit, and, and I, I had to go back and watch it a couple of times because it's really it's noticeable more on dvd than i think it was back in the day on vhs but when one of the terror dogs is chasing lewis tully it's in you know it's in his apartment lewis leaves and then the dog jumps out into the hallway oh it looks terrible that's a really dodgy computer <laughs> it. yeah that, that's yeah, yeah it's always but i think i missed it on vhs and a smaller screen as well whereas watching it on blu-ray big tv and i scanned it in slow motion just to look at it and that the color's all different oh that's great yeah like he goes all pasty he goes a bit like sort of um so for the most part the effects that do hold up and like with the um, the proton packs and the streams that what they were going for there they wanted light to resemble rubber and that's why the wobbling mm. all over the yeah, place right. is such oh. a great visual. It's meant yeah, to be polite. Right. Yeah, it's great.
1: Mm. You're oh. right. The, um, like the Goza dogs or gargoyles, whatever
2: you call them. Like, they're probably dogs. the worst. They're the worst. Terror dogs, is that what they're called? Mm. Terror dogs, yeah. But then that bit where it jumps out, but then you can clearly see when it's a puppet, but I love it. Like it jumps out. Yeah. And it's oh, I love it when was a, a puppet. It's that's in the right. hallway. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you can yeah. see that it's kind of sat in a way that... It could not move. Like that's mm. meant to be just fixed in place. So you're just kind of like mm. moving, like it's, you know, its head's kind of moving, but the body's mm. fixed in place. But it's a great effect. But it's like mm. the, you know,
1: it's not, would we call like, you know, when, when they jump out of into the hallway, like, is that CGI or is it like animation? Like, it's stop motion. It?
0: It's stop motion that's composited into it. Yeah, stop right. motion stuff. Right.
1: Yeah. It's like a miniature, actually, right. Right. okay, because mm. there's, yeah. there's okay. pretty much yes. no CGI in this, like, not really. Like, obviously, they were 84, been... so it's too you go, okay, okay really? that makes sense then, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, but ILM was looked like a digital, they didn't work on this one, but well, yeah. Star Wars, <laughs> yes, so then, yeah. it, they it, there might around. have been
2: computers used to assist, but it,
1: it was nowhere near
2: like yeah. when you've when you've got the bit where the Dana Barrett's roof is blown off, like the roof of the building is blown off and then you kind of like, you're, you're, the shot is like an aerial shot and inside you can see some people moving around. You can see the street below, but if you look, everything outside of the top of that roof was a matte painting. So mm. if you look at the street and it lingers on it for quite a while and you hear the hustle and bustle from the cars mm. and the people down below, none of the cars are moving. Because it's a painting, it's a painting. Mm. It's wow. just a painting. <laughs> Nothing's moving. It's oh. it's incredible. But you, but they do yeah. so much for what they had available to them back in '84. Well, I guess Probably they would have it. been '83, wouldn't it? Well,
1: part of the part of the budget was used to co-found a new studio under Richard Enlin, who had actually jumped uh, jumped ship from ILM. Um, he used a combination of practical effects, miniatures, and puppets to deliver the ghoulish visuals
2: all the movie magic like, all the movie magic yeah.
1: Yeah. all I mean, computers
2: holds, it holds up today because the jokes still hold up but the visuals yeah. as well like, there's so much charm to it and you know and they had more money to spend on you know answer the call and a lot of the effects are flashier but it doesn't have the quality yeah. of this original not at all yeah all, no, all,
0: it's, all, it's all CG
1: it's all
2: CG it's
1: all CG
0: but, um, you know, I think of overall,
1: of modern movie making. Yeah, I think overall, like, besides you know a couple of crummy shots here and there, but it all works. It works fine, and it, it's of the piece, and mm. it, it fits into like the grittiness of New York and yeah. you know the, the dullness of the style old doggone for, and it all mm. all just goes together. Um, there is one final character that I fear we should talk about: Walter Peck. <laughs> William Atherton yeah. uh, plays him, of course, the Environmental Protection yeah. Agency agent. Or whatever. He is. So he's the closest thing we get to a human villain in this movie. Not that he's doing anything wrong. He's just a bit of a moron. <laughs> he's just doing, doing his job. So in some production
0: notes that I read, um, William Atherton actually got, following the release of this movie, like everybody hated him. Like, and there was, a, there was oh, an what? example where he was he was out and about somewhere, in, somewhere, I don't know, in New York, I think it was, and a bus passed him or something like that and everyone was just booing and someone yelled out that line of, like, you've got no dick or something like that. <laughs> you, don't know how, yeah. you know how that? But, but, um, Venkman,
2: says, yeah. Yes, yeah. says, yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Venkman is in there and he goes, well, everything was fine until Dick was over here, referring to Peck, <laughs> And then the mayor's like, is this true? And then, yes, your honour, this man has no dick. He <laughs> oh, says so no good. dick. Another That's ad- so liner. But this actor, though but, but Atherton, though, he did this and he clearly got shit for it. Then years later, <laughs> he did Die Hard. And I guess everything started again for him because people would have hated him for <laughs> yeah. his part in that movie as well. Not having a good run. Nah, no, he, he, he's doing fine.
1: Goza, the Gozerian. I guess our last, or well, maybe second last character we'll talk about. Uh, played by Vladvitsa <laughs> Jovan and uncredited voiced by Paddy Edwards. Did you know this was supposed to? So this is our this is our main our big bad appears obviously on the rooftop of um, Dana's mm-hmm. building. Um, appears is sort of androgynous in a way. Yeah. Originally meant to go to was meant to just be a bloke in a suit played by Paul Rubens Pee Wee Herman would have been something different.
0: Would have been something different. I just felt like the the human the human version of the character just didn't really do anything. That they, they don't doesn't really. It's everything that's happening around that's more important. Well, I mean, um, she's the. And, she's you, the and player, you see, and you which... see, Savita. Uh, I think Ray says that, like, because they were expecting him to be a man, and then they're like, no, no, it will take whatever form it wants to take, and so it took that form um, of Savita. But but it's thought like she wasn't a threat really. Like she
1: disappears.
2: Well, I mean, she's She's she asked Mr. Well, yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. She asked them if they were yeah. gods, and you know, Ray yeah. said no, and so she No.
2: And then Ethan's yeah. got oh, no, Winston's yeah. got the great line. Ray, yeah. the next time someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. Yeah. So yeah, Jason, originally Gozer was going to be a bloke. And then they make reference into the film that Gozer can appear, choose how they appear. Later, you know, they're able to choose to destroy it. And I guess Although she's powerful, and you get this in a lot of movies, there's rules around what she can do. So there's rules that need to be played by, and she does seem to be defeated fairly fairly easily. It's said that they're not to cross the streams. They cross the streams, they save the day. But with her look visually, before they went to that actress, they were looking at Grace Jones. And I guess one of the things they kept from that casting choice was the flat top. And there's that great <laughs> line when they're going to fire at her and they go aim for the flat top. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, go for the kill shot. Go for the headshot. That's it, yeah. Let yeah. They phrase it better. Oh, yeah. But go I think for the yeah. flat top.
1: You know how the obviously the um the marshmallow man was always in Dan Aykroyd's original you know, yep, picture always. premise. Yeah. So I think they obviously they wanted to keep that and then with all the, the new story elements and stuff like that, they needed a way to come back to that. So having mm. goes of being able to take any sort of form,
2: that was how they could. A fish, yeah. yeah. That's how a they could put, put it in. in. She looks great. Yeah, it's a great. It's a visual. It is. The outfit she's wearing, she's flipping all over the place. She's no, firing yeah. lightning from her fingertips, and visually, it's I mean, she, all working. She, she does look like David Bowie a little bit, but that's fine. You know, we enjoy. <laughs> but but it's yeah, cool. I,
1: it leads into the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Yeah, and then we get that. You and know, again, it's. it's
2: and it's right. If you Ray's don't have the one that lets them down, that's Into it. Your a don't funny setup,
1: yeah. Just a funny yeah. just how it all comes to it. And it's like without Power Rangers to fight a big towering monster, you've got Ghostbusters. Yeah. And, you know, it's
2: very noticeable. Ghostbusters one and two are essentially almost beat for beat. It follows the same theme. Like in in Ghostbusters, they become Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters two, they become Ghostbusters. Again, again. <laughs> and then you get the montage. At the end, you've got the giant staple Marshmallow Man, Ghostbusters Two. You've got the giant Statue of Liberty. Liberty. They are so yeah. similar; you could almost play them yeah. side by side. But with yeah. um, Stapuff, originally, Ackroyd wanted him coming out of the water, like, coming out of the river. Like, wow, that'll yeah. look great. And you know, the, standing the next to the Statue team, of Liberty, just to yeah, the same. Yeah, but the effects team—they're like saying one, that makes it way more expensive, <laughs> and two. <laughs> doesn't really make sense so the way that they introduce him is kind of like you just see parts of him walking behind the buildings he's mm. just perfect and he's got a big goofy smile on his face until yeah. he sees them of course and then he's yeah, quite I angry and you
0: know? feel it? like goofy yeah. <laughs> did you know so so the suit that um they use for the stay puff cool costume. It was, I think it was either 20 or $30,000 per one. And they had three of them. They trashed all three of them. <laughs> um, cause you know, it's on fire and every, everything like yeah. that. But did you, did, did you notice there's actually a bit of like foreshadowing with the state of marshmallow? Oh, name. the product placement so for it. Like is- it's the product it's placement for it. Throughout yeah. the movie. Like when not, the eggs yeah. are cooking in Dan-
2: yeah, the eggs are cooking in Dana, yeah. Dana Brown's apartment. You see them there. Yeah. There's yeah. a billboard a well. on the side of a building. Yeah. Oh, it's only a three, it's- is that the only two times? I think it might be the only two times, yeah, but it right. sets it up perfectly. Yeah. Like yes. It's, like it's a product it that exists in this world. Yeah. yeah. And, you just know, just enough context. In... Yeah. Just enough context. Yeah. How are we going to defeat him? He's a sailor. He's in New York. <laughs> Again, this movie's a PG. <laughs> yeah. They're talking about it. <laughs> Get him laid. laid. <laughs> he'll be right.
1: He's all good. Um, but I love him. Oh, the gosh. design, everything. Um, I almost bought a piggy bank once that looked like him. Well, not looked like him. It was him. I didn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. Again, like, <laughs> I don't have that much uh, Ghostbusters. I used to get him confused with the, um, the Mitchell man, you know, the tire. Well, that's the mascot. kind of what he was yeah. based on, like in one aspect. Yeah. Um, oh, right. Was, yeah. I think there was another like uh, Marshmallow brand mascot that it's based on as well and just an amalgamation right. of a few things and they put a sailor's hat on him. Okay. Okay. that was it. Um, but yeah, they crossed the streams and
2: the Ghostbusters we're heroes. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Yeah, it is good. And then, and again, you know, Ernie Hudson, Winston getting the last line in the movie. I love New York. It's a good yeah. way to end the movie. That might not be what he says. Is it not? What That's is not it what says? it says. I'll let you think What's about say? it,
1: which um, we're going to go into our quiz now. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: there might be a question. So have a think. I love this city. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm. I have watched are, it many you, times and I've clearly remembered it wrong. All right, so you'll. I love this time. <laughs> I love this time. <laughs> Mate, we're, we're gonna, gonna do this quiz. quiz. We're, we're gonna, gonna do this quiz. quiz. Oh man,
1: Luke, you're breaking the rules. Listeners <laughs> <laughs> <Let's laughs> will know we do. We do uh, ten questions, sixty seconds. Um, Absolutely. I've got a quiz sure. for Luke with all of his knowledge. So we'll see. How. I hope that one's multiple choice. <laughs> I think you already Something listed the multiple like that. choices Oh, You've seen the movie over a hundred times, you said you So many know. times You should know So many times Alright, Rob's okay. going to set up a timer for me
0: I've got my timer, I'm ready to go Are you guys ready? You ready? Well, clearly not right, here we go Three, three. <laughs> I've We're got one start already It's going to start in three, two, one, go
1: What university does Stan Spengler and Venkman originally work for? Ask. What does the graffiti say on Venkman's door? Oh... Fraud. Incorrect. Why is Lewis Tully having a party?
2: Why is he having... why is he throwing the party? Yep. I mean, the idea is to save money on his taxes so he can claim... Incorrect. What does Spengler say (laughs) are his hobbies? Collecting spores, moulds and fungi. Correct. What tagline is used
1: in the Ghostbusters TV advertisement? We're ready to believe you. Correct. What soft drinks does Dana have in her fridge? Coke. Correct. What is the name of the hotel where they meet Slimer? Sedgwick. Correct. Uh, When the ghosts escape back into New York, what food is Slimer seen eating? Hot dogs. Correct. What is Winston's last line and the last line in the movie? I love this town. Correct. And lastly, what makes Ray Parker Jr. feel good? Winston. Correct. (laughs) We go! You're done, you're done
0: there, right there. Wow, you got him
2: out. Well done. Well done. Um, I was worried.
1: Yep. So, yes. you're doing a bit of math this town. there, I believe you got seven out of ten. The university they I work suppose. for is Columbia University.
2: Oh, Columbia Pictures. Damn it. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um, the graffiti
1: on Venkman's door says Venkman burn in hell. Oh yes Of course he does um, And Lewis tells Dana That he's hosting He's having a party To celebrate his Fourth anniversary As an accountant
2: Oh right. Well, well done though That's alright I go. was
1: worried I was At the start I was like What is happening Did I make this too hard Mate <laughs> hey,
2: I've been worried all day <laughs> <laughs> like I'm coming ten, on here Seven out of ten Saying it's two. my
1: a we'll, we'll movie well.
2: How much I love it And then you test me it. I know
1: I know nothing well, how about, how about you tell us how much you do love it um, and lead
2: us into our, our ratings, if we do, out of five, of course. Well, I don't know how long we've been talking about it, but it's been a while. And after all of that, <laughs> if I was to give it any less than a five, would be absolutely ridiculous. I absolutely adore this movie. Um, Again, I watched it to the point where I've seen it that many times. I could just close my, close my eyes and see the whole movie. Well, clearly not that's after, why, that, after that quiz result there. But <laughs> that's, No, that's not every intricate detail, but I've got all the beats. Like, I can see the movie play out, of the course. gags. But yes, but I forgot the reason why Lewis was throwing a party. But no, I, I absolutely love it. Like Ghostbusters, the movie as a franchise. And yeah, it, it is a, a stone cold classic for me, like there's so many um, quotable lines, the performances, the visuals, and even to this day, like not just like comedies, but straight horror movies, if it's got a ghost in it, I'm more inclined to watch it. And so I've got interesting ghosts, the comedy, and the soundtrack, we don't really talk about a soundtrack outside of Ray Parker Jr. But I've got both the soundtrack and the score by Elmer Bernstein, and it is absolutely phenomenal. And his approach to that, I think I touched on it earlier actually, is that he wasn't scoring a comedy. Like he was making a serious movie. And yeah, the score, the, the choice of songs, like when the Ecto One's going to save the day and they've got the track by Alessi, Saving the Day. Love it. Let's run some red lights. I love it. Absolutely love Ghostbusters. Five out of five. Five what? out of five.
0: Four.
1: I mean, are you I didn't even need to think about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not even surprised. <laughs> all right, so no, like fantastic film. There is a reason why it has uh, withheld the test of time, uh, both you know with fans and and all that, and you know the fact that it has all these fans that follow it. Like there's definitely a reason, and it's there the charm, the magic, the filmmaking, the uh, just the magic, the whimsicalness of it all. Funny. I mean, the, the action is there when it needs to be. Um, it's, it's hitting all the right beats, the right tones. Um, you know, some of the effects aren't perfect, like the, like the goes of the dogs and stuff like that. Um, some of the, the comedy might be 1% a little bit dated, but, like, it still works for me. Um, I'm going to go for a strong 4.5 out of 5. For myself, so only seeing this movie twice, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Oh, outrageous. I'm
0: giving, See, cut, yeah, giving you're I mean, in com- company, but um, I so before I watched, so I watched the movie today, um, uh, you, you know in pre- in preparation, and before I watched it, I made my mind up on what I thought my like what my rating would be, um, but I am pleasantly, I'm happy to announce that my my rating went up with my viewing. Um, it was a far funnier movie than I remembered, like that just it's so much wit and then looking into the the research a little bit on the ad living and all of the, you know that chemistry with the characters and how professional they are and they're just such a well-oiled machine in pumping out such a such a polished product a comedic product it's like you can watch it today as, and still get as much out of it as you could when it was in, released in 84 Um, the effects yeah not not flash when you're talking about some of the some of the, the goza dogs and things like that but the practical stuff that's involved like the poltergeisty stuff and things like that. It, I mean, it's just you can't like, can't really bag it. It works. It still looks great. Um, it's it's a it's definitely a four for me. It's definitely a four. It's a four well, out of five. There. What so did you time. have
1: it at before you watched it for the second time? I thought it was going to be three, and maybe even less. Wow. Because I did a think, because I did, because oh. I did,
0: like I said, I did say, I did, I was much, much more familiar with number two and I really do enjoy number two. This actually, um, we didn't really say it at the top, but um, number two doesn't have a stronger um, uh, critical rating as what this no. one
2: does. Yeah. Well, this, so this is definitely, clearly, definitely this, a strong, yeah. strong movie. For this sure. is the better movie. Yep.
0: So yeah. So there you go. And I, and I think that's it. That, that, that ladies and gentlemen, uh, that was our rewind to uh, 1984, Ghostbusters. Uh, we've got to give it a big uh, give Luke a big thanks for joining us today and bringing uh, with him all of his Ghostbusters knowledge. Just thank you very much, Luke.
2: Yeah, I'll uh, I'll be back for Ghostbusters too. When we doing that? Uh, I don't know. We might <laughs> we might just give it to Sounds
1: Like Comics. So
2: <laughs> I mean, essentially
1: me then. Cool. <laughs> but you know what? You might I'm as well. You're already it. on the show. <laughs> I'm just gonna
2: take it. <laughs>
0: We, we might be able to guest on that show, Luke. What do you reckon? Oh, ah,
2: that's interesting. Take Rob. Is it, is it? I'm busy. I'll be busy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty
2: cool, actually, because then we'd have done three Ghostbusters movies across three different shows. Yeah. That film's <laughs> due for t- 2016. Correct. We do 84 now, yeah. and then Sounds Like Comics, Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, it Sounds Like Comics did the, uh, the real Ghostbusters. Don't forget that. I was you there. You were there.
1: I was there. Okay, let's stop crossing the streams. Ooh, there it is. <laughs> hey. I like it. Hey. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Rewind and Review. As always, we'll remind you that any feedback, either positive or negative, or any Rewind requests can be sent to us via email at podcast at gmail.com.
0: Yes, or you can reach out to us on either thatfilmsfew or Rewind and Review's Facebook pages.
1: Like and follow these pages while you're there. Subscribe and leave us a review on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts as it does help others like yourself find the podcast. You can find our entire catalogue of episodes at com. Coming soon from That Filmstrew, a review of Artemis Fowl. Uh, Sounds like comics have a recent episode looking at The Shadow from 1994. And our next episode here on Rewind and Review, Chicken Run. Absolutely. Thank you very much for listening. This has been another
0: episode of uh, Rewind and Review, and we will see you on our next trip. I am afraid of no ghosts. I am afraid of no ghosts. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library. Yeah. What I do is I just I just pick the microphone up and just do this and that's enough. Hey, yeah, look at that! Oh, wow. <laughs> like a pop star. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that I am. That I am.